Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. That's right. My name is Mike Piroworski. I am your co-host from the East Coast. That's the coast with the most from the co-host with the most here on The Rundown, 2A views, conservative news, and... Uh, Craig, it's that time of the week. Yes, it is. It would be hump day. Hump day. Uh oh. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> uh oh. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's hump day. Hump day. day. <laughs> That's right, folks. Hump this day. is the day in which we attempt to begin the weekend. Sometimes successfully, sometimes not so much. But hey, all the fun is in the trying. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, this is day three of my weekend, Craig, because I, uh, I we, it's hurricane week here in Florida. So uh, we're all on vacation, you know, doing what we do. And uh, um, if, you, if you see me keep glancing up, I've got the, uh, the hurricane imagery going on the news here. We're right in the midst of it. It's supposed to get to where I am later in the day. But for now, it's... Uh, it's time for some rundown, baby. Well, they're saying that it might get up to a Cat 5? It's like two miles an hour off a of Cat 5, so you know you, you can call that a Cat 5, I guess. Now that it's hit landfall, uh, it's going to continue to go down. Um, it's, it's not going to get stronger. But uh, I'll tell you, the area of uh, Fort Myers Beach down there uh, is, is, uh, is pummeled. Uh, watch the storm surge go to, was it like 20 feet? And you can mm -hmm. see Tampa Bay north of that. The entire bay was like dry because everything is sucked out uh, as a, the winds are moving westerly, circling back around and bringing all that punch down a little further south into Fort Myers Beach. So wow. uh, kind of interesting to watch. Now, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we won't find out till later. You know, nobody's nobody's hurt. Nobody's injured, but just some property damage. We uh, would be happy. Well, that's good. Yeah, we're 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 all praying for y'all out there once again for uh, not significant damage. You know, we're hoping, you know. Yep. Hoping everybody is okay. Yeah, they yeah, were saying no, on the news, it's like there. you guys haven't had anything like this. They were saying in a in a hundred years. Every every time we get a hurricane, Craig, it's something that hasn't happened in a hundred years. I mean, we just had a Cat Five hit northern Florida, uh, you know, but I guess one is not going ashore at this address in a hundred years. So right, it's just, well, yeah, but that's how that's I, how they love to do it. That's how the media loves to push it. But anyway, oh yeah, sensationalized, sensationalized. You know, and this is this. Listen, this is just a. Another warning for you folks out there. If you want to live at the beach, you've got consequences, all right? This yes, is, this is your it does. It does come with consequences. Yep. So, hey, Mike, uh, before we get started, let's do a quick favor and uh, give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. Sure. Let's say hello to our good friends over at Hitman Industries. That's hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. If you got yourself an AR in the past uh, five years or so, you may even have one of their barrels and not even know it. But now you could buy from them direct your own personal build, you want to replace the barrel in your rifle, go right ahead, hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. Uh, let's say hello to our good friends at the California Republican Assembly, fighting the good fight out there in uh, in California. Make sure you visit them and uh, help out any way you can. And then, of course, you want some awesome combat gear, some tactical gear, some web gear, go to uscombatgear.com. That's right, folks. These are the folks that bring us to you in hopes that we will bring you to them. They're the ones who sponsor the program. Uh, so do us a favor. 
Go to the links in the description of this program. Visit their website if you like what you see. Spend some money with them and make sure you tell them that the guys over at The Rundown sent you over. Also, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. However you are partaking of the program, you can share it on your social media. Whether you're listening to the podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, or you're watching us on OpsLens, or if you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or on Rumble, or on Twitter, however you are partaking of the program, do us a favor, let your friends know, one, that you are doing it, and number two, that they can too. That's it. Make sure you do it. Go out to like, subscribe, and share. Get it done. Do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. All right. Let's get into today's topics. Uh, Eric Adams has been uh, probably one of the most, uh, how do I, was the word I want to look at? Interesting uh, local elected officials that we've had in quite some time. Watching him walk the line between trying to be Law and order and being a left-wing liberal is been, has been interesting. Um, he wants to be all things to all people, and he is failing miserably at both. Uh, it, and in this particular case, we're going to talk about his quote-unquote plan for a, Mike, a decompression strategy when it comes to immigration. Now, in this piece, he's talking about how we've got to come up with a national plan to deal uh, with how we're going to handle immigration. But there's one problem, Mike. There's only really one person who he needs to be talking to about this policy. And for some reason, he seems to forget that, uh, yeah, no, that that dude, that dude you keep talking about, that's the president of the United States. He happens to be a member of uh, your party, sir. Yeah, amazing, right? Uh, you know, he's trying to, Eric Adams is trying to find a way to say, Hey, you need to do something about immigration without, you know, calling out, uh, you know, the president and, and again, his own party. You know, what, what, what's the what's the word they came up with? We need a, a decompression strategy. I, I'm not sure what that means, Craig. Does that mean you maybe we put gates back up and fences back up? Does, does that mean maybe we don't just have the express lane coming into the country here? A decompression strategy. You know, they've got, uh, uh, you know, an incredible amount of people coming and being sent to New York City from uh, from uh, from Texas. Uh, but uh, the only place that gets called or the only individual that gets called out is Governor Abbott. But as it turns out, based on, you know, this story, uh, the people that are actually coming from El Paso being sent by the Democrat mayor of El Paso far surpasses the amount that Governor Abbott has sent here. Uh, and, and, and that mayor down there has done the same thing. Hey, well, we can't deal this this whole burden ourselves. You sanctuary cities, you know, you got to pitch in and do your do your your part to help as well. Uh, you know, same same final goal, but a different agenda than what Governor Abbott has, right? So, um, well, yeah, Governor, it, and, and the mayor here is trying his best, trying his best to walk that party line without saying enough. Okay. <laughs> well, but what's funny is, and they note this in the in the in the, in the piece, as uh, as was pointed out by the way by the New York Post, uh, that far more of these immigrants have been sent to New York by the may by the Democrat mayor of El Paso than by Governor Abbott. Governor Abbott is at least sharing the wealth. He's sending them multiple places. But it's really, it's it's then, it's the, the, the mayor of San Antonio, once again, the Democrat mayor of San Antonio, uh, that's the one that send, sent the bulk of the immigrants to them. Yeah, it, it, you know, uh, Mayor Adams says uh, he's frustrated with the fact that it's a national issue that must be resolved. Uh, okay, that's, hello, 
Joe Biden, he's talking to you. He's talking to the government. Um, he's re- he's repeatedly, again, Mayor Adams has repeatedly attacked Governor Abbott, but he's not brought up uh, El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser or, at all. Or, or he has not brought up President Joe Biden, who also has flown, who, by the way, was doing it before any of the Republicans started doing it, was also putting people on planes and flying them all across the country. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the difference is the mayor in El Paso, he calls the mayor in New York and says they're on their way, whereas Governor Abbott just goes, how you doing? Nice to see you. They're here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the same way in which, by the way, the president does it. Right? He's just following the president's example. Yep. Um, Why don't you listen to a couple of things what the mayor says, Craig, and if you had to determine what party he was based on his statements I, i'm curious so let me ask you when, when the mayor says um we requested money to deal with this crisis that's what we did and it's what we're going to continue to do they requested 500 million dollars in emergency federal funding from the biden administration then he goes on to say this is expensive and we should not have to trade off dealing with the needs of new yorkers and dealing with the needs of migrants and asylum seekers. But wait a second, Craig. I thought we're all equal here. It's one global world, and, and migrants and asylum seekers were just as important as New Yorkers were in a sanctuary city. Well, according to them, according to them, they are. But the other interesting thing is talk about being equal. So in other words, you know, this is what border states have been saying for, ye- for, for a few years now. And, uh, the, and, and yet the federal government has ignored them. Places like New York haven't stood up and said, hey, we agree with you. But now all of a sudden that they're forced to bear some of the burden. Um, now all of a sudden you're starting to hear them, uh, hear, hear them complain. Uh, well, you know what? You should have done. Should, you know, you, you took you long enough to finally say something. Yeah. And while you're saying the right things, uh, too little, too late, buddy. And by the way, they're saying this about you know, 10,000, somewhere between now between 10 and 15,000 or 10 and 20,000. Imagine if you were getting that many in, in like a couple of days, every yeah. few days. I mean, you're talking yep. 200,000 of uh, 200,000 a month are coming across yep. our Southern border and the border States are bearing the brunt of that. Exactly. You know, one, one final quote from the mayor here. He says, this is not fair to New Yorkers. I have an obligation and responsibility to provide the resources that New Yorkers need, and I'm going to do that. Uh, Sounds like a right-wing wacko to me. It sounds like exactly what the rest of us are saying, you know? Sounds like racist xenophobes right there. Yep. Here's how it works. Listen, uh, let's say, Craig, I got a hotel, and there's there's 100 rooms in the hotel, and I could put – there's two beds in every hotel. That's 200 people. Um, You know what I do? I, I, I book 200 people. I don't let 500 people come in and then take 300 people and put them in tents behind the hotel. That's what's going on. That's the way we're dealing with this with this you know this immigrant crisis. And now the mayor in New York has decided, okay, I'm going to build a tent city in the Bronx. So he's putting up a tent city in some spare land up there in the Bronx. Um, I got news for you, governor or for for mayor. Uh, you know, Hisana. Uh, um, they tried that in the 80s in Miami at Chrome Detention Center. It was deemed unconstitutional to put migrants in a, in a, in a detention camp. So best of luck to you. They did that to Reagan. Now they're going to do it to Biden. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, let's move right along. Business Insider. Now, 
it used to be kind of an obscure little publication and they, they, they appeared, they used to be, I guess, they used to be about writing stuff about business. Uh, now they've just turned into a left-wing, I mean, basically they just promote whatever left-wing narrative is sent to them by the DNC. Uh, and, and I can't really think of a better way, a better way to put it. Uh, here in this piece uh, that they put together, uh, and this is through Yahoo News, but it was published at the Business Insider. There was a gentleman who was, he says he helped get immigrants on DeSantis flights to Martha's Vineyards, right? But now, Mike, he's saying that he regrets, uh, he, he's saying that he regrets doing it. He's like, I never, ever knew that it was govern a governor behind the stunt. Um, actually, no, let me take it back. I don't know that he does say that he regrets doing it. Uh, oh, it says he feels betrayed. There you go. Now, Mike, but this story isn't exactly as the headline purports it to be, is it? You know, Craig, the thing that caught my attention with this, and of course it's, you know, it, it involves uh, Captain Florida, uh, you know, Governor DeSantis. So I try to glance at everything that comes out about him to just to watch the ridiculousness of the lies. Uh, and, and that's what drew my attention to this one. Uh, this story starts like, oh, well, sounds like they got the governor, you know, and, they got here's a guy they found on the ground that was recruiting them and sending them uh, to Martha's Vineyard for the governor. Uh, but as, as you read through this story, it, it says. So let me let me get this one up here. I thought uh, let's see. I have this one up. I have this one up. I don't have this one up. Let me bring it up. Um, they have. It says that they. Uh, let me get his quote for you again. I don't know if we can bring that back up there, Craig. Let's see. All right. He says, "Come on, computer. Anytime we're ready. Here we go." Uh, he thought he was helping the migrants. He thought he was helping them because he'd been uh, somebody had come around and asked him, said, listen, we want to get these people somewhere where they can have, you know, services. Um, would you help us? And he was like, yeah. And he's an immigrant himself. He's also one of these people that's been in town for a month and has nowhere to go outside of San Antonio. So he started to find other people. I believe they're mostly Venezuelans where he's from. Uh, and, uh, you know, he says that he was always aware that there was a benefactor that it was paying for these things. And he was okay with that. Right. But then when he found out it was a, a governor or a politician, he was like, Oh, well, I, I feel betrayed now. So Craig, it, it matters to this guy where the money comes from. Not that, not that these people are being given a ticket to a sanctuary city, but he's betrayed by, because he wasn't told it was a politician that was paying for it as opposed to a rich benefactor. It's well, the, you know, one of the things I also go. noticed about this is, and and the, once again, now this was a guy who was in Texas, so they're making it sound like, and, and I don't know if this is the case, uh, that DeSantis was paying people in Texas to get people on planes to on these planes to go to Martha's Vineyard, uh, and they never set foot in Florida. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, and that, I don't know that it says that this it's not really clear in the story what you hear. And we've seen this portion before where there's this mystery woman that's going around asking people, do they want to go to a sanctuary city? Do right. they want to go someplace good? And, and they, were, they were giving out gift cards and some business cards of where to contact social services right. uh, when they got there, you know. Um, and it was just basically like an 8-1-800-GET-HELP. It wasn't like go down to the corner and they'll be waiting for you. Right. Uh, and. So, you know, who that person is and putting them on these flights is still unclear. You and I could make an assumption, Craig, uh, that it's uh, that it's the Biden administration, because, again, Florida didn't get involved in this until these people showed up in Florida. 
Florida right. doesn't, doesn't send agents of DeSantis around the country to help sign people up to go to New York. We, we got enough right here. We don't need to, to, to take the border crossers from Texas right. to send them there. Uh, and this, this guy gets up there and they, 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 he sends a text. He goes, hey, there's, there's nobody here to meet us. And they said, call the number. Just you know, call the number. It's a sanctuary state. Their law says they have to help you. Go ahead and give those numbers a call. Uh, they, uh, he says that they, they had to wait. Uh, they had to wait when they got to Martha's Vineyard. When they got there, he said everything uh, uh, was 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 you know there was nobody there waiting. And the story actually claims that everything was voluntary. This guy says over and over again, everything was voluntary. Nobody forced him to get on a plane. Nobody tricked him. Nobody made him get back on a plane in Florida. Nobody sent him there against their will. Everything was voluntary. I think that's the big one from this story. Everything was voluntary. But it's buried down in the bottom of the story like, like the editor didn't read it. Because otherwise, why would you print that in an anti-conservative? Why would you print that in a liberal newspaper, you know? Um, right. Well, I, th I think their, their point, once again, is they're trying to make it out like, look what DeSantis is doing. But the problem is is that you have a Democrat mayor of El Paso, Texas, who is doing the same thing. You have uh, other Republican governors who are doing the same thing. You had the White House, the President of the United States, Immigration Service was doing the same thing, yet for some reason they only want to focus on the Republicans who were doing it. Uh, Craig, this, uh, this closes with a sentence that I think just tells the, the whole story of how... Uh, uh, you know, how, how deceiving the media can be. You know, we're trying to portray things and trying to wag that dog, right? It says, this is the final sentence in here, people in Martha's Vineyard came to the aid of the migrants who were later relocated to a military base designated as an emergency shelter. Uh, we love like that they you're got relocated. here. We love that you're here. We're going to help you get on that bus we're gonna have to get on that <laughs> bus and get the hell out of town <laughs> we're going to, we're going to help you get the hell out of here <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> hey, it reminds me of our parting shot yesterday we thought we were going to marchas vineyards but they sent us away <laughs> they sent us away that's it the hey, mexican, mexican word, word of the day DeSantis. <laughs> all right yep. all right moving right along Texas appears to have an issue with the idea of concealed carry and 18-year-olds. Um, now, I, I kind of have a, a, I have a perspective on this one. Uh, but basically, in this particular story, uh, they're talking about, and this is at uh, Texas Tribune. So Texas is actually going to be, you know, the court basically filed and basically said that uh, the ban on 18 to 20-year-olds being able to carry handguns uh, are is is un, is unconstitutional. Uh, now the state can decide whether or not they want to continue to fight. Uh, in this particular case, uh, the attorney general's office has said that they do plan to appeal. Uh, they don't have to, but Mike, I will tell you, and, I, and I'll give you an example. So in California, we had uh, we had passed legislation that said whether it was dealing with we passed legislation. Uh, defining marriage as between a man and a woman. And right. the only reason why at the federal level it would eventually wind up being deemed to be 
at the federal level would be deemed to be unconstitutional was because our attorney general and our governor refused uh, to actually stand up for the law. Right. This was an initiative right. passed by the voters of California. They refused to actually defend it, which, by the way, is the job of the attorney general is to defend That's California right. law. That's right. That's Historically, right. Republicans have have defended California laws as attorney general have defended California laws in court even if they did not like them because that's their job. Right. And so I think right. in this particular case, what you're seeing from Mr. Paxson, who's the attorney general, he's like, look, my job is to defend the state of Texas and the laws of the state of Texas, even if I don't like them. And I think that's what you got going on here. Which, which I, I could understand that Craig, but, but that means this guy is so small brained that he doesn't see the big picture. You've got a state here. That's, that's leading one of the leading chargers for gun rights in the country, the pro Second Amendment, uh, you know, mecca of, of the country. Um, you have a, have a governor there who just made great moves uh, in the last couple of months, six months, eight months out of his uh, of his current term here to get gun rights, you know, pumped up again as he as he comes into reelection here, uh, you know, two months away. Um, and he's got now his attorney general, uh, which is what's his name, Paxton? Is that his name here? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Ken uh, Ken Paxton is the attorney general there in the uh, uh, in in the state of uh, uh, of Texas. Now, one thing to note, Craig, is that the Paxton's office, the attorney general's office, is a separate office than the governor's office. It's a that's an independent election. So, um, whereas he is a Republican, uh, he's not necessarily buddy buddy with the governor. They're not necessarily on the same page. Uh, it's not like when the president gets elected and appoints his attorney general. Attorney general, this guy is. Uh, this guy was uh, was was elected to that office. So, you know, we, we know the case, Craig, you, you, you covered it for everybody. 18 to 20 was not able to carry a firearm there, uh, a concealed or, or a pistol. They were not able to carry a pistol legally. That law got found to be unconstitutional. And now this attorney general is coming out and saying, uh, what, 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 why, you know, we're going to we're going to fight it. Why would you fight it? Why? If you're if you're the state that's trying to move gun rights forward, why would you fight that? He should have been fighting that the whole time. I understand that you're Craig, your, your point, and, and, and it's a good point that it's his job to stand up for the state of Texas. But, you know, when the state of Texas has got a bad law that you've been fighting against and your governor's been fighting against since day one, you know, that's it. This is this is just hurting the people of Texas. And it's going to probably hurt the governor I, a little bit there as he comes into election time. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I guess what I'm saying is, is that the job of attorney general is. Uh, once again, to defend California's laws, I mean, or to defend the state's laws, whether you agree with them or not. Um, and what he's doing is he's saying, this is my job. And uh, he is being more magnanimous, shall I say. He is, uh, in effect, doing what his, what his prescribed job is, uh, as, opposed to play, as opposed to utilizing it to politically kill something with which uh, he is opposed. Democrats would not do that. Democrats would go out of their way to kill it. I understand. I understand why he's doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm just saying that I, I understand it because I've seen it happen the exact opposite here in the state of California, where laws that were passed not once, but twice by the voters of California voters have voted twice to define marriage as between a man and a woman. The second time actually amending our constitution. And as a result now at the federal level, uh, it's now a same sex marriage is deemed to be a constitutional right because the governor of California and the attorney general of California would not stand up and fight for a California law. 
Right. And I got that, Craig. Um, yeah. But the, just the same as, as you have when you get to the federal level, when you have an attorney general's office and a department of justice doing one thing, when another right. party comes in or another, you know, they they turn their back on that or they abandon right. those cases that they have. So, you know, it's, I think it's easy enough for this guy here I, to realize that this is against the will of Texas and what's against the will of the current Texas government. Um, but he's not. And it turns out that this guy has not always been the most second friend, second amendment friendly guy. He believes no. that he should be able to restrict, you know, certain well, individuals. Yeah. Well, individuals part of that is the part. whole law and order thing. The law and order yeah. part of the Republican party that believes that anything that makes it easier on law, they believe, they believe when law enforcement in particular, even if they're liberal law enforcement, tell them that, yeah, anybody who doesn't have a, anybody who's in a possession of a firearm uh, outside of the home who doesn't wear a badge or a uniform uh, is a bad guy with a gun. So he does, he does subscribe to, I think, part of that. I'm just saying that I, I see it both ways. Uh, I still think he should be standing up for the Second Amendment. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and that's, and that's we'll, let's see what comes. I, I think, uh, you know, within the next uh, day or so, uh, we, we might see the governor call and educate him. Well, the other thing is, is that you might actually see a definitive ruling at a higher level. <laughs> it might be a way in which just to get it so that the Supreme Court actually has to make a decision on it, in which case uh, they would stand up for the right to bear arms, as we already know. Yep, yep, that would be nice. But again, I, I think this guy's got a little, a little bitty brain. I don't think he's taking that far ahead. But <laughs> we'll see. Let's see what happens. All right. Uh, well, you know what, Mike? He could be playing 3D chess the way that Donald Trump did when it came to uh, when it came to bump stocks. Yes, very true. All right. This next one I found interesting. So right now, if you are in the if you are a recruit in the Air Force and you test positive uh, for uh, significant levels of THC, which basically is uh, weed, marijuana, the ganja, uh, wh- however you wish to refer to it. Uh, you basically can basically just get removed. You basically can lose your ability to be able to become a member of the Air Force. But the Air Force has greenlit, and it's just this funny that they use the term greenlit, waivers right. for THC-positive applicants, meaning we could have some high-flying Air Force recruits. <laughs> hey, y'all want to get high? You won't get high and go fly. No, I'm gonna go fly without no. an airplane. <laughs> you know, Craig, what what got me on this one, uh, this story here, and it was a kind of like a like a weird bunch of you know aha stories today that popped up in front of me. Um, listen, I, I get that the uh, the the pool of applicants to join the military is declining. Um, historically, we have seen. That uh, and this is I'm talking post draft, so post seventy to seventy three. Okay, uh, when you lowered the standards in the military, whether that's for operational needs or just for recruiting needs, that uh, you know the, the immediately uh, following four years, you have an incredible amount of discipline problems and discharges that you never had before. You know, it's just it's there. Lower the standard, and guess what you get? You get a lower standard of soldier or airman or anything else like that. Um, so that just happens, and you know why that lesson can't be learned. I don't know. You know, it, it's just it's it's simple. It's simple to me, but uh, I guess to some, it's it's not a big deal. Well, um, it, it, like you said, Craig, joining the Air Force or joining the Space Force, you have to be drug free to join the Air Force or join the Space Force. Um, now, here's here's what it is. It's it, Craig. It's not that 
you uh, they're going to give you a waiver if you smoked marijuana in the past. I, I get that. All right. Like mm-hmm. a lot of agencies, whether it be any government agency, law enforcement, uh, you know, just a regular government job. They when you go to apply it's you know, typically you'll see like, OK, no marijuana in the last year and no cocaine in the last five years. You'll see a lot of that for job stuff. Uh, even when you go for security clearances, that's kind of that's kind of the standard. The problem with these people with this waiver is, Craig, the waiver's not for, okay, you smoked it six months ago. We're going to give you a waiver for that. The The problem is they are giving the waiver if you if you come and show up, sign the papers, then take the test and come up positive. So you've got a group of allegedly the smartest recruits there there are, and that's the, the Air Force and the Space Force. And they're told, don't show up to your recruiting station or you see to your, your, your military entrance processing station where they do the physicals. Don't do drugs, don't do alcohol, and don't show up like that. And they come and they say, oh, oh, okay, all right, well, yeah, we got it. No drugs, no alcohol. They sign all their contract, they get ready to go away, and then they get high before they go, whether it's the day before, 15 days before, because we know pretty much THE shows up in the system for about 30 days. So these people that are allegedly the smartest recruits out there, Craig, can't even do math for 30 days. They show up. Why would you want to give somebody like that a waiver? Listen, um, we just found out after taking this test that uh, you're a dumbass, um, and, and now we want to give you a waiver so we could have you. We still want to keep you. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand how, mm, man, you failed the one test we gave you. Ah, what the heck? Come on. Come on in. Come on in and do the most important stuff we need you to do. It, yeah, exactly. You can't wait that long. Well, but keep in mind, Mike, and this is the thing that this is the thing that gets me about about in particular marijuana. You you have people who have multi million dollar contracts in professional sports that are getting dinged and losing their opportunities to make that money because they can't not get high. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. That's yeah, not a good listen. thing. That is just not a good thing. I'm sorry, but it's not. And now uh, we're going to now lower that level standard and we're going to make allow everybody in the military to come on board. Anyway, sir, hey, I'm, we're running up against it, so I'm going to have to oh, move on real it. quick and go get on to our parting shots. Um, Listen, uh, Craig, uh, you know, I, I, we, I wanted to go a little different with parting shots today. Because of the hurricane and everybody's feeling depressed and watching TV, I thought maybe we could have a little uplifting life advice for some people. Nothing very, to do with very, any of the stories, uplifting. really, or anything else. Very, very gonna... uplifting in life. Yeah. Uh, this first one, it says, I may look like I'm deep in thought, but 99% of the time, I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat later. <laughs> you know a guy wrote that, right? You know, it had to be a guy. It had to be a guy. Uh, yeah, a <laughs> guy wrote that. Matter of fact, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was you. <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, just it was, you know. Yeah. This next one, this is a life hack. All right. Yes. So, yeah. guys, the best way to turn any sofa into a sofa bed is by telling your wife to calm down. You need to calm down. All right. <laughs> you just need to calm down. Because yep, that totally go, works, bed. doesn't it? Yep. I don't know. You Whenever I've said now. it to my wife, she totally calmed down, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, said yeah, no exactly. husband ever. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's oh, get a quick boy. shout out to our sponsors before we head out. Yep, let's say uh, hello again to our good friends over at Hitman Industries, hitmanindustries.net. Make sure you check them out. Get yourself all your barrel needs. California Republican Assembly, make sure you visit them, maybe with your maybe with your wallet in hand, you know, help them out a little bit. And, of course, 
If you want some awesome tactical gear, go to uscombatgear.com. That's right, folks. Help them. Help us. Help you. Help them or help them. Anyway, go see them. Check them out. Links in the description to the program. Check them out. Anyway, got to run. Very much appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you liking and sharing the program and encouraging your friends to do the same. We will be back tomorrow on Thirsty Thursday. Talk to you again real soon.